I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home, and you burn it. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm undefeated, never lost. High fly ball in the right field. She is gone. That's over. It's reached. It's over. Way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry. I thought it was going to score. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go. USA is leading the miracle. Yes! You ready? I'm ready. Let's go, buddy. Welcome to the Wide Open Sportscast. I am Rick. I am Feds live from our beautiful studios in New Hope, Pennsylvania. How's it going? Yeah, everything's going well with me. Uh, I'm still recovering a little bit from my sickness that I had from last week. but yeah, It sounded better. I do sound better. My, uh, my throat isn't as dry. I, I don't think I'll be uh, miss, miss, uh, miss speaking my words this, this week. <laughs> well, uh, with... The sickness. I may still just speak my words, but how about you, man? It's good, dude. Just still getting back onto our time frame. Just got back from Alaska. How was that, man? I survived. I'm here. Um, survived an encounter with a grizzly bear. I was only uh, five yards away. Um, well, aren't aren't black bears more dangerous than grizzly bears? Um, so there, the time of year the grizzlies were, because the black bears at that point had matured and had their cubs. So, okay. like, they're staying together. But the grizzly bears at that time of the year had just gotten kicked out of the guests. You know, their mother kicked them out. So they were basically teenagers who had just gotten out on their own and didn't wait, know so, any better. Wait, so grizzly bears, they, they get purposely kicked out? Like, when they're old enough, they go off on their own. Wow. And the grizzly bears had just gone off on their own. Okay. So we, I got So the grizzly bears were more aggressive because they were younger and... Didn't know any better. Yeah, I guess stupider, but... I mean, it's just age. Turned a blind corner five yards away from me. Eventually, it left. It was very, very scary. I was ready to shoot it with bear mace. But the, the funny story wait, I have. So, you, wait, you had a bear mace as well? Yeah. I was, oh, my God, I was dude, locked awesome. and loaded. Wow. But probably the funniest story out of the whole trip is I went with my father and my two cousins, uh, and we were fishing in a lagoon over by where the bears are, and okay. we were in this old rickety canoe, and my dad caught a salmon. That we were going to cook for dinner. It was very delicious. But back to the story. He's bringing it in. And the salmon unhooks itself. And lands right on my feet. Okay. And starts flopping everywhere. Did you freak out like a little girl? Yes. <laughs> and I just started freaking out. Like get this freaking thing away. Like someone help. Like someone do something. I can just something. imagine you just like booting it like a punter. I did. I kicked it back towards my dad. And then it kept coming back towards me. And my dad takes the oar. That he had for the canoe and was trying to like hit the salmon with it to stun it so that way like he could kill it and we can take it home to cook it and while this is going on there was other people on the trail watching the whole thing occur <laughs> so watching us in the middle of the lagoon me screaming for help and my dad taking an oar and just like it's striking like the three down. stooges and the lady uh forest rangers at the front of the trail comes out on her boat and goes hey is everything okay yeah, I'm just a little afraid of a little tuna. Yeah, my dad said, oh, salmon. My, my dad said, so you were five yards away from a grizzly bear, and you stood your ground, 
and eventually it left because that's what you're supposed to do. You're just you're literally supposed to stand your ground and just yell at the bears if you see it on the trail. I've, I've watched I watched that uh, when I I used to watch Bear Grylls. And he had he had like one of an episode like that, and also there's another show on Discovery Channel that pretty much said the same thing. So I do yeah. remember that. So that's what we did, and it left. My dad was like, "So you were fine with the grizzly bear, but a salmon lands on you, and you scream like a little girl." So you had bear maze. Yes, I did. Did you feel like Dog the Bounty Hunter? Yes, I did. <laughs> Quick draw, McGraw. <laughs> nice, dude. Dude, you need to uh, post some of those photos on our uh, on our Twitter. Shout out to Wide Open Sportscast at Wide Open underscore Sports. Follow us on Twitter and on SoundCloud. Hopefully, we've uh, we've applied for Apple to get on iTunes podcasts. Hopefully, that'll go through soon. Getting big. Getting big, and uh, I say, at this point, let's get right into it, Feds. Yeah, I mean, I survived the Bears, I survived screaming F the Seahawks in the Seattle airport. I think we can get started. Wait, what what about the Seattle Seahawks? They have a Seahawks-themed restaurant. Okay, that makes sense. In the airport. And And, and in in Philly, I think they have an Eagles one. And as we walked by, I yelled F the Seahawks. Oh, wow. Hardcore, dude. And lived. Well, besides that, I'd like to also thank you. Uh, Feds has brought me some Alaskan beer. It's only uh, brewed in Alaska. They don't. It's too. It's too expensive to distribute anywhere in the lower forty-eight. They call us anywhere outside of Alaska. It's too expensive to ship. So the the, the beer is called Alaskan. I, he gave me a white with special ale brew. I mean, wit style ale. Brewed with spices. That was yeah. way too hard to say. It has a spicy kick to it. That was one of my favorites. I got the uh, Icy Bay IPA with me. Okay, yeah, I may have to take a sip of that later. But uh, let's uh, let's get into the uh, the sports banter, man. All right, let's take a look at some of the highlights from the week. What you got first? Uh, so Kaepernick supporters organized to protest NFL owners refusing to sign him. Protesters are planning or outside the nfl headquarters in new york and i believe they also have a petition signed about like 14 15 there's there's a couple thousand names on there of people who say they will boycott the nfl if the nfl if a nfl team does not sign cap well there's there's a couple problems there first off uh a lot of people boycotted the nfl last year because of the uh the american flag protests uh, because of Kaepernick and other people. Do I believe it's going to happen this year? I could definitely see it happening this year. 100%. But it's obviously, I don't think it's Kaepernick's getting signed anywhere because no one just wants that. My, my, my other problem with it is Kaepernick could have stayed with the 49ers. I think he had two or three more years, but he wanted to try free agency and see where it's getting him. Right, and look at where it's got, got him because, like, if you haven't listened to our last episode, highly suggest you check it out, episode three. We discussed that, that no team wants the luggage that's going to come with that. Like, why would you sign him if signing him is going to make you lose fans? Like, you're signing a backup quarterback who is going to get booed by your own home fans. So why would you want that in your stadium and want that distraction around your team? I know a couple of uh, Baltimore fans that are would be against signing Kaepernick. Uh, and it was funny that I, originally when Tannehill went down, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but it's kinda, it kind of relates to this, in my opinion. When Tannehill went down, I was originally thinking, like, oh, my God, Kaepernick, he can go right there. Like, right, exactly. Perfect. 
one of the last people I was expecting to be signed in the first few hours was Jay Cutler. The pick master himself. Jay Cutler, one who hasn't played a full 16-game season in like two to three years, uh, who retired and was going to do sports broadcasting. I was actually honestly really like going to be really interested to hear him in the booth. I think he was with Fox. Him and Tony Romo together. Imagine that. Duo. Well, no, it wouldn't be Tony Romo. Actually, Tony Romo at the Hall of Fame game was doing practice reps. Did you see that? No, I did not. So they uh, they did a little. They were talking about it, like uh, Al Michaels was talking about, it, and they pointed over to another booth. It was Tony Romo and uh, who's the other guy? Who's the big guy on CBS? I can't think of his name right now. Like the normal play-by-play. Jim guy. Nance. Yes, thank you, Jim Nance. Uh, it was Jim Nance and Tony Romo practicing together. They were just in like their own little booth at the Hall of Fame game. So I'm assuming they may do that a few preseason games, and I'm. I also assume that they did like a run through of other games of the past year. Okay. So like trying to get together, yeah, trying to Tony get Romo was getting some practice reps there. But then again, I was not expecting Jay Cutler to be signed by the Dolphins. I thought I thought Kaepernick would have been signed by the Dolphins, and this whole fiasco would have been over. Right. And yeah. In, in a way, I would have preferred it because I'm just honestly tired of talking to him about this subject. But Jay Cutler gets ten million dollars for the Dolph from the Dolphins to play, essentially not backup quarterback, but their new but first until Tannehill's ready to go again. Well, he's he's I think he's out for the season because he right. has to get surgery for his ACL. So that's, he, that's an unfortunate loss because I consider the Dolphins a playoff. Contender. And one of the one of the most ridiculous things that was on the NFL Network this week was I actually retweeted it uh, on our Twitter, was the guy was saying that Jay Cutler makes the Dolphins a better team. Would you agree with that? LOL. I I don't think so. I mean, if anything, it, it keeps the team maintained. Uh, I think he Because you is, have a quarterback who's hasn't been, hasn't had a lot of success. But yeah, Tannehill's not necessarily that good. Right. So you know what you're getting. You're getting a serviceable, serviceable quarterback, and it always seems like he's a guy. He'll get you three touchdowns and two picks a game. Yes. He'll he'll make his mistakes. It's guaranteed. But you know he's at least going to help you put points I mean, on the they, board. I mean, and the Dolphins got into the playoffs last year. I mean, they they fell to the Steelers, but they got into the playoffs last year. I mean, they still can be a potential playoff team, but they're not going to go far. I mean, especially with like the Steelers, the uh, Patriots. The other teams that division, they're not going to go far. The Jets, uh, yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> but, but uh, um, I think the cap thing is going to continue for a little bit longer. Again, I don't see a team picking him up because, as we discussed on our last episode, I, I, uh, who the, wants the luggage? I think I think what's going to happen. I think he will be picked up by a team like mid-season, at this point. Uh, just a team that their main quarterback goes down and they don't have a really good backup, so they'll go with that just snag him and be like all right let's go okay and with all that talk let's talk about some uh some preseason action that's going on all right first off we had the panthers texans game which had two big names involved with it some first round picks there deshaun watson and christian mccaffrey uh well first off the game ended 27 17 panthers over texans Sean Watson was pretty good. He went 15 for 25 for 179 yards. He played more than Savage did. Savage went 9 for 11 and 69 yards. So that QB battle is, in my opinion, pretty even. 
Deshaun Watson didn't have a rushing touchdown. It was a very nice rushing touchdown. Yeah, that was very nice. And to counter that, Savage didn't lead, even though he didn't score it in any way. He led the touchdown drive in his drive as well. Yeah, so it this may be the best situation for QB that the Texans have had in a long, long time. Much better than Osweiler, I can tell you that. Yeah, so I think... Uh, I think that's good to look forward to uh, because, I mean, the Texans are still a defensive team that need to improve on the offense. And I think they're in the right position to do that right now. Uh, between Savage and Watson, I still want Watson to start just because I like him. I still uh, think, though, they're going to give it to Savage. Savage is going to start. Uh, if he starts fucking up, uh, they, I, I mean, the Texans are known to pull the QB pretty fast. It was actually pretty funny to watch. I don't know if you watched the game. All the Clemson fans that went to the game, there's a lot of orange jerseys in the stands. I did see that. I mean, yeah. that, that was cool. Uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot there's a lot of Clemson alumni that live in the area, so I'm sure they were happy when uh, when when Watson did score that touchdown. They showed a lot of the uh, jerseys. That's what I saw. A lot he of did the look. He did look very strong. But I still give it to Savage. He'll start. I think the first few weeks, and then. Deshaun will come in because you did bring up a very good point. They're still they're such a defensive team. Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball, Christian McCaffrey seven carries for thirty three yards, uh, and twelve was his long. It wasn't necessarily the best showing for him, but it was also his first game. Right. They said it was it was still a decent showing. It wasn't anything amazing, but it was still decent enough. It's yeah. what you would expect from a rookie in his first game. I think McCaffrey's going to be a stud. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any problems there. It's just he didn't have the best first game. I mean, he also didn't play every single down like uh, a starting running back would. Right, maybe a drive or two. And that's something you got to think about, too, is where Savage had one drive. Obviously, Savage threw 11 passes, completed nine of them. Watson threw 25, completed 15. Yeah. So Watson got much more of the looks. Yeah, and also McCaffrey caught a couple balls as well. But uh, I think the carry is not necessarily an issue, but something to watch for for week two. I believe both those teams will win their divisions this year. AFC South is weak. NFC South, no team wins that division back-to-back NFC NFC South, but uh, NFC South, in my opinion, has the top-quality QBs all around. Meaning Ryan, Breeze, um, Jameis. Jameis Winston. The what I mean by that is, if you look at all the other divisions of the four starting quarterbacks, the four of them have the top quarterbacks like combined mm, together. Bold statement. I I think, I mean they're they're the most complete quarterbacks. I mean, past MVPs, the only one that's not that has not been an MVP is Winston, and he is in he's been in the league for only two years, so he could become an MVP, and he has he definitely developed last year. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens this year with the Bucks. I mean, him and Mike Evans are solid. I think it'll be between the Bucks and the Panthers, just for the sole fact. The Falcons are strong, yeah. but again, when's the last team time a team has won that division back to back? But the the Falcons, they they have a lot to make up for. Yeah, they do. So I mean, if they don't win the division, they need to get into the playoffs. Like they need to at least try to repeat. Well. Repeat getting to the Super Bowl and hopefully actually winning and not finish the job and finish the job. But what are some of the other games we're watching this week? Well, actually, right now we're um, we're recording this on Tuesday night. We're watching the Eagles Packers game. 
and switching between that and the Broncos Bears game. Now, your Eagles, how do you think they're looking so far, at least in this game? Uh, Wentz Wagon went perfect four for four, even though again, that's nothing crazy. Had a nice escape. Clay Matthews almost sacked him, escaped, and they got a touchdown pass out of it. Uh, looked very good. But again, it's hard to judge week one of the preseason. Currently losing 17 to six. A big part of that was Matt McGloin threw a pick six, which is they threw not a pick very six. Good. Uh, they also returned a touchdown. The the Green Bay turned a touchdown for uh, from a punt. And see, that's my problem with Philly this year. Is I actually saw Colin Coward predicted Philadelphia wins the NFC East this year. Really, he predicts Philly and Dallas. Go ten and six, but Philly gets a tiebreaker, and he predicted Giants eight and eight, Washington six and ten. My thing with the Eagles, that defense they have besides Malcolm Jenkins, their secondary that that, can't di- stop a that division is very equal. Through all the weapons that are in that division, it's very equal, in my opinion. Not all the quarterbacks are like grade A all stars, but. I think you have a lot of young talent between Wentz, Prescott. Yeah, Wentz, Prescott, Kirk Cousins. I I like Kirk Cousins. He's not gonna be a Super Bowl QB, but he is probably one of the better ones that Washington could have right this moment. And yeah, I just think overall, solidly, they they all three, all four of them have solid offenses. Not necessarily defenses, but they have solid offenses. Uh, we had Falcons, Dolphins on here too. Currently, in that game, the Dolphins are winning 23-20. We were watching it for the fact of seeing how Jay Cutler would start off. He actually has not played. They had Matt yeah, Moore. They, yeah, they, they, were, and fails they weren't going to play him. I, I, I knew that from the beginning, that they weren't going to play him this game. I mean, you think about it, he's a Generally, veterans that have been in the league for so many years, like Jay Cutler, you know, they retired and came back and has really trained this year. Uh People like uh, Tom Brady, who didn't play today, Ben Roethlisberger, I can only predict he make it probably the same as what Wentz got was like four, four like passing attempts. Like Dolph- that, that could be the only thing that they get. Yeah. So. Matt, Matt Ryan went three for three. Currently, the most reps tonight has been actually a Don Bosco and New Jersey boy, um, Matt Sims. Really? Okay. Ten, ten for twenty. Was wow. thrown for 104 yards. Was a state championship winning quarterback for Don Bosco Prep up in Ramsey, New Jersey. Yeah, uh, I mean, week one is not necessarily, or week one preseason is not the top brand of football, but just nice to have football back, man. And here's something for you on our last game of the week that we're watching: um, Bears Broncos. Solely for the fact you have two very good quarterback battles going on there. You've got Trevor Simeon against Paxton Lynch. And Trevinsky against Glennon. Again, if you watched our episode last week or two weeks ago, we were talking about that, that that was one of the quarterback battles we're watching was actually both of those. Um, looking at their stats for Denver, Simeon is currently 6-for-7 with 51 yards. Paxton Lynch went 3-for-6 with 28 yards. None of them have any touchdowns or picks. But now here it is for Chicago at the very moment. Glennon started the game, threw a pick-6 on the first possession, and went two for eight. Travinsky, who's currently in right now, 74 yards, perfect nine for nine, and threw his first touchdown. You traded up for him. Start him. I, and, I mean, the, the, the it's stats not, it so shouldn't, far show. It shouldn't even be a competition. You have to start him with 
the with the move that you made in the draft. You have to start him. But now listen to this. What's that? Third string quarterback who could just possibly sneak his way in there. Shut up. With a with one completion out of four attempts. Shutting this podcast off for right an amazing now. four yards. No. Mark Sanchez. If you're still listening to are us, you, that was you, a complete another joke. Are you done? Are you done? If Why do you even have you, to bring that up? If you're still listening to Why us, you that's have to a bring complete a butt another fumble, joke. Man? I mean, I'm not I like I'm not even like a Jets fan, but like I still feel for the Jets fans for that butt fumble. And I just him being a starter for that many years still amazes me. Yeah. Still amazes me. Again, rode that defense. Yeah, that is very true. He did ride the Jets' defense. But unfortunately, the Jets aren't only going to be infamous for the butt fumble. I think they are definitely going to be infamous as the next team to go 0-16 this season. That is very true. But uh, some other uh, some other preseason news. Uh, good good news for the Steelers. Martavius Bryant finally cleared to practice and play in the preseason game. I bet you're happy about that. I, I'm just happy that, like, finally he's back. Uh I'm very curious on how he's going to perform this year because this is a make it or break it year for him. So he needs to perform to the highest quality. He needs to make sure he doesn't get any more trouble. Uh, make sure he does his drug tests and passes them, so he can't be smoking weed anymore. Uh, he, I don't think he'd be playing in the first preseason game just because he hasn't he hasn't practiced with the team yet. So tomorrow or Friday, I should say, when the uh, Steelers play their first preseason game. He won't be one of the receivers catching balls. I mean, yeah. from what I remember, he was very, very talented. I think he's. I mean, yeah, he he is he is a huge talent. But you think of this, like a, a talent that sits out over a year. I mean, he's gonna it's gonna hurt his game a little bit. He may be, not be the same person, uh, just because he hasn't. He may not have been working out as much. He could be potentially a victim of more injuries. Uh, I mean the the Steelers that, the Steelers have a hurt. lot of a lot of good wide receivers right now with like besides Antonio Brown obviously if not one of the best if not the best receiver in the NFL right now there's Sammy Coates who has been a viable threat last year who helped us along the way we now have Juju Smith from USC uh, he he will be definitely helping us along the way he was our second round pick I believe. And then there's Martavis Bryant. Uh, so we have four very good receivers right there, including Antonio Brown, plus other receivers that are going to be trying out for the team right now. So we have a lot of good good things going for us which on the offensive side. I still pick you guys as my favorite. Uh, if there's any team in the AFC that I think can stop New England, I'm giving it to the Steelers. We Our, our defense needs to step it up, not do it did what they did last year with that if if that is true if they are going to go the distance well, three preseason weeks ago until the real thing <laughs> yeah thank god i still have to uh worry about fantasy football and all that getting that all set up for uh my draft and the other drafts that i'm doing i got a couple of people asking me to be a part of their league so i need to I need to pump the brakes on that because yeah. I, I may be i'm already in two leagues and I may be going into a third league. There's another guy asking me to go into another league, so I don't know if I'd do four leagues. That may be a little too much because, uh, excuse me, I 
I hate competing against myself. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I know so, what you mean. Because like, you're going to look at four different records. I'm going to have four different... Well, not necessarily that. It's just like, say, for example, I have Antonio Brown on this team. But in the, another league, I'm facing Antonio Brown. So, like, yeah, I, want, I want him to do good, but then I don't want him to go, do good type thing. But uh, besides that, moving on with uh, more preseason action. Uh, the L.A. teams, the L.A. Chargers and the L.A. Rams had combined practices this week. Multiple fights between multiple people. I did see that. Didn't the, look too good. Mo- the I mean, the fights were pretty violent. I mean, I remember Hard Knocks last year. They had a couple of fights with the L.A. Rams as well. I believe they were facing the Redskins. Not to go off topic, who is Hard Knocks this year? Oh, shit. Uh, the Bucks? Yeah, I believe it is. The yeah, Bucks. the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Have that has that even started yet? I don't believe so. I am fact checking that right now. And Hard Knocks, yes, correct. Um, it actually just started, but it is the Bucks. Okay, so it did start. Okay, so I need to catch up on that. Uh, but I mean, that's that's what happened with combined practices. It's very rare that there will not be a fight between combined practices. Unless you're the Bengals and you fight yourself. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, yeah, true. I mean, they have that going for them. And then the final thing, which no one cares about, the NFL to hire 24 full-time refs. Finally! Can, yeah, right? Can you imagine the butterfly effect that's going to happen with them having full-time refs? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. No one cares. Guess who's going to get booed? The full-time refs. Guess who's still going to make mistakes? The full-time refs. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's not like they're going to improve their, their stats on their good calls versus bad calls. Does this mean no more Gene? Oh, dude, I don't know. I don't know who uh, uh, who's going to be full-time. So the story about that is when uh, Rick and I were both uh, rider students, went to a lot of the rider basketball games, and the guy who used to ref a lot of the rider basketball games, Division One NCAA, was Gene Steratour, who is also a head ref in the NFL. Most famous for that Des Bryant call against the Packers in the playoffs. Yes, he is a very controversial ref. But I I don't know if he would be considered a uh, full-time. I mean, I, I'd hope for his sake because I'm assuming there's some benefits there for him. But like I said, I mean, it's not going to change the world. Not at all. There's still going to be mistakes everywhere. I mean, look at all the other sports that have full-time refs. They still make mistakes. Yeah, so it's, it's not going to change anything. Let's uh let's uh, move on to something uh that's near and dear to your heart, Feds. Hooray! The English Football Premier League is back in our arms. Now, Fed said this last week he's gonna do a whole Premier League preview, so I'm gonna give Feds the hot mic here and let him roll with it. It is very very spicy. So, um again, season will kick off tomorrow. The next Premier League season, Friday the 11th. Correct. Thank you for that. So technically, you will be listening to this podcast. Maybe you might be listening to this podcast and might be listening to this preview as you're watching the first game. Um, our time, 2.45 p.m. will be the first game of the year. The Arsenal, which by the way, I have a lot of bad words that will stay within the confines of my mind, will be playing off against Leicester City for the first game. Uh, some of the other notable games this week, the 7.30 a.m. game will have your club, Rick. Liverpool making Liverpool. a visit Let's to go Watford. Uh, Burnley will be visiting the champions, Chelsea. So Chelsea will begin their title defense at Stamford Bridge. And then also on Saturday, the new look Manchester City 
will be visiting Brighton, who is one of the new teams just recently promoted to the Premier League out of the championship. And then Sunday, the greatest team the world has ever seen, Tottenham Hotspur, will visit Newcastle. Who? Watch yourself. Um, who also was promoted from the championship, actually won the championship. And then the highlight game of the week will be West Ham United visiting Manchester United. Uh, taking a look at the odds, I'd like to go into the odds first because odds have a lot to do in England. It's crazy, dude. Like On every single corner. I love betting. Every single corner in England, there's a betting store, and you can bet on anything. Who's going to score the first goal in this game tonight? I mean, How many I, yellow cards are there going to be? You know, I, I never noticed that when I was over in England, like probably about less than 10 years ago. They're is that, everywhere. Is, it, is that new, or is that just like they've always had I, them? I've, I went to England three years ago. Okay. So it must be new. I, I mean, no, it, it could have just been like I was too young and not even paying attention to that, but go ahead. Sorry. So here's the odds. For the champions, who will be the king of England? Liverpool. Manchester City nah. is the favorite at 13-8. to eight. We'll be getting into more details about each of the teams. Uh, Chelsea and Manchester United are tied for second at 7-2 to two odds to win the title. Spurs and Arsenal, 9-1 um, to one odds. And then Liverpool, 12-1 to one for the top six. I'd put money on Liverpool if I was anyone listening to this podcast. And just for fun, <laughs> Leicester two years ago won the title of 5,000 to 1 odds. Remarkably, in my opinion, the greatest sports story that has ever happened. It would be the equivalent. That is so debatable. It would be. It's very de- debatable. But it would be the equivalent of a 16 seed winning the NCAA tournament. That's, that's like uh, the Jets winning the Super Bowl this year. I, honestly, it is. <laughs> Um, the two teams who, like Leicester, have the farthest away odds of winning the Premier League title. So if you want to bet on them, Watford and newly promoted Huddersfield are 2,000 to 1 odds. Huddersfield. So They're, if you want to play That just sounds like bets, a team that's going to get relegated. They are. They made it. They won the playoff. Who are the teams that got relegated this year? The three relegated teams this year were Hull City... Middlesbrough and Sunderland. Oh, that's right, Sunderland! Both Holy shit! Down yeah. the championship that is would... gonna be all right. Um, for relegation. Speaking of which, Huddersfield leads the relegation battle. Huddersfield is a four to six favorite to be relegated. So you would bet and lose money on betting for Huddersfield to not be rele- to be relegated. And that's then. Stupid. Also, Burnley is eleven to ten odds to be relegated. Brighton is at five to four. Watford is a fifteen to eight, and Swansea City under Paul Clement is at a nine to four. They pulled a miraculous. What's escape. Tottenham's? What's Tottenham's? Like five thousand to one. <laughs> okay. But a five thousand one team won the championship. And then lastly, taking a look at the odds, the odds for the Golden Boot, who will be England's top scorer, the favorite. Who else? The true king of England himself, Harry Kane, winner of back-to-back Golden Boots in the last two seasons. He's the favorite at three to one. Romelu Lukaku of Manchester United, who was winning the Golden Boot last year, all the way until the last two games of the year when he played for Everton, until Harry Kane scored seven goals in his last two games and took the Golden Boot away from him. Um, Lukaku's at seven do, to two. Do players get like a bonus if they win the Golden Boot? I'm actually would want to look into that. You get a trophy. Okay, they get a trophy, but they may not get a uh, 
No, that's something to look into, definitely. Okay. Uh, Sergio Aguero is seven to one from Manchester City, as well as his counter- counterpart Gabriel Jesus from Manchester City is an eight to one. Alvaro Morata, new signing at Chelsea, is nine to one favorite, and then Alexandre Lacazette of Arsenal is a ten to one favorite to win the Golden Boot. Nice. So. What I'm going to do real quick, we're going to take a look at... I'm going to make a lot of this focused on what's considered the top six teams in the Premier League. Uh, first off, I'm going to go with the favorites going in, Manchester City. My question for Manchester City this year is, can they find consistency? Pep Guardiola, who is their manager, who is known as time and time again the greatest manager in the world, for the first time in who knows how long, went a season without winning a single trophy. Wow. He was at Barcelona. He was at Bayern Munich. He came to Manchester City, and everyone is expecting this huge revelation under him. They finished in third place. They are always quick out of the gate. Man City? Manchester City. They always, in the first five, six weeks of the season, win all their games, and everyone goes, here we go. Here we go. Manchester City is going to win the league. Well, that's because... Uh, and what, they always fall off. What was the one, one year that they did win it? They just like, completely dominated. That, that was... 2012? 2012, let me double-check and fact that. The 2012 Premier League table. Making them look up stats. Kid isn't prepared. That was the year that Manchester City was losing 2-1 to to QPR in the last three minutes of the game and needed to score twice in stoppage time in the last three minutes to beat Manchester United to the title because Manchester United had won their game. And Manchester City, I don't know if you remember that, the famous Aguero goal, they scored twice in the last three minutes and won the title. Okay. So, but yep. them, them and Manchester United dominated the league that year. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I was, I'm actually really happy I was right about that. Yeah. Or uh, happy at least that they, I was right that they won, but maybe not dominated the season. Their, their biggest thing is that they create chances, and Pep had said this, but they fail to capitalize and last year they struggled against the other top six teams tottenham manchester united liverpool arsenal chelsea okay they did not win many games against the top six they for tottenham they only took one point they lost and they tied um some notable signings they brought in kyle walker he's a snake left tottenham for them for money um, Bernardo Silva, they got a new goalie, uh, Ederson. Tell me how you really feel about Basically, that Manchester United revamped their defense and watch for them. Players such as Kevin De Bruyne, Sergio Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, who is my pick to win the Golden Boot this year. He's a very young player from Brazil. I think he's very, very good. Um, next team taking a look at the Chelsea. The former champions on their Conte went on a 13-game winning streak after Conte changed the formation to a 3-4-3 mid-season. The longest winning streak ever, and it carried them to a championship over uh, Spurs. Longest winning streak ever for the Premier League or for them? For the Premier League. Really? 13 games straight. And that was last last year? Wow. Yep. I don't know why I don't remember that. Um, they play their counter-attacking game. Which led to actually other teams adopting their formation as well. Tottenham had moved into it. Arsenal moved into it. Basically meaning you push your two wing defenders forward, treat them as midfielders, but they have the responsibility of running constantly up and down the field, up and down the field. It's like the devils in, their, in the 90s. Literally. People Literally. play the trap. Yeah. Literally that. Um, that's exactly what they do. They sit back. They trap you in, and they make you think that you have the ball and you're dominating possession, and the second you give it away, they run downfield and score. 
Okay. Um, their notable signings, Murata from Real Madrid. I think he's going to be a big signing. I do think it's going to take time for him, though, to get used to it. And also a problem with Chelsea is that they do have, which they didn't have last year, was Champions League football, which is demanding. Yeah. It's adding another at least eight games to your schedule. At least six. Chelsea should make it out of the group stages of Champions League and make the round of 16. And you're playing much better competition. Okay. You're playing the other best teams in Europe. So, look for out of them N'Golo Conte, former player of the year. One of the best, if not the best, defensive midfielder in the league. There's a running joke um, that 97% of the world is covered by water. The other 3% is covered by Conte. Um, Manchester United, who is a team that used to have the glory days. Most Premier League titles under Sir Alex Fergie Ferguson. But under Jose Marino, their biggest problem is they are too defensive-minded. Okay. They have a very offensively gifted team. You have They just signed Romelu Lukaku from Everton. You got Anthony Martial, Paul Pogba, who I think is going to be a breakout player this year, is really going to make a name for himself as Henrik Mkhitaryan. But the thing is, they try to win games one nothing with a defense that isn't anything special. Okay. They will go out, score a goal, and then will try to play defense the rest of the game. And that bit them in the end. Yeah. Because when Mourinho had did that at Chelsea, he had the defense to do that. He does not have that defense at Manchester United. So I do think that that's going to hurt them in the long run. Okay. Um, for the greatest team the world has ever seen, the headline with Spurs is, can they go under Magic Mauricio Pochettino? Can they go from third place to second place up to first in champions? Um, easily, in my opinion, I'm not saying this as a Spurs fan, maybe I am, I do believe that they have the strongest starting 11 in the Premier League, but their problem is that they don't have the depth. And something I think that is going to hurt them is they have not signed a single player. The season starts soon. So they're kind of like uh, the Astros. Literally. Well, yeah, like the Astros have done shit since the All-Star break. The, well, not, not the All-Star break, but since the end of... Uh, uh, the first round of what the fuck am I saying? Signings, trading, trade, yeah. trade deadline, trade deadline. Holy fuck! And they they've bit the bed. But do you think they're gonna bite the bullet? See, and I don't know. It's going to be tough because again, we had the same problem last year and they finished in second place. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that is going to be a factor is they are not playing in their home stadium. Their old stadium, White Hart Lane, has been demolished for them to build a new stadium, which will open next year. That whole project's really cool. So it. Get this. They're going to be the first stadium in the world to have its own microbrewery inside of the stadium. And their filtration system is going to pour out 10,000 pints a minute. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so when are, when are we going to the vacation uh, there? The first game. <laughs> um, but look for, again, and a problem with Tottenham, too, is they are notoriously slow starters. Okay. They pick up midway at the end of the season, push at the end, but they do not start well. Um, Harry Kane won back-to-back Golden Boots. Does not score until like the fourth or fifth game of the season, and then just goes on a run. And Kane last year missed three months of the season, ten-month season, about nine, ten months. Kane missed three months, and still was the top leading goal scorer in the league. That's pretty amazing. 
Um, and then obviously you got Deli Alley, Christian Eriksen. There's again, I think they have the best starting eleven in the league. The depth might come back to bite them now. Okay. Um, fifth on the list, Arsenal. Hate them a lot. Um, how are they going to rebound? They missed Champions League football for the first time in the Arsene Wenger era, about 20 years. They've always, the, the running joke is Arsenal always finishes in fourth and just barely makes Champions League. They finished in fifth and missed. Um, they're very talented, but the problem right now is the team has a lot of inner turmoil. They don't trust Wenger, the manager, as far as the fans. Fans were having protest marches outside of important games of their stadium protesting the manager. And protesting the owner. A lot of soccer fans do sort of protest like that all the time. Like, I remember a couple years ago, Liverpool increased the price of the tickets for the season ticket holders. And, like, during, I think it's like the 72nd minute, they marched out of the stadium. Yeah. I, I remember that. So, they like, they do have a lot of passionate fans over in England over there. But, go ahead. So, I think that that's going to come back to bite them. And also, my thing for them is, again, they got Alexandre Lacazette. But I don't think it's enough. Because they have so many players that last year performed underwhelmingly. And have so many players, Alexis Sanchez, Mesa Ozil, um, Oxalade Chamberlain. All their futures are in doubt. No one, know, no one knows if Sanchez is going to play a game for them this year. Because he might sign with another team. He might get transferred. So when you're a team that's going in with doubts about where your team is heading in the future as far as the front office. Where your key players are going in their future. I, I just I don't think it's a good mixture for them. Do you have anything positive to say? They are good. I'm I'm not gonna lie. They are a very talented team. They're just not performing as they should. Okay. I will. You can't deny the fact they are a very talented team. True. Um, and then lastly, your Reds, Liverpool. Liverpool. Liverpool's biggest problem last year. They were unbeatable when Liverpool was at their best. Unbeatable. Very inconsistent. They had the best record against the other top six teams. Mm-hmm. We lost. We lost the bad. Like, the you guys lost to the bad teams. You guys lost the. You guys were beating Bournemouth three-one, lost four-three. You guys had a loss to Swansea City. You guys had a lot of questionable losses, but against the best teams in the league, you dominated the best teams in the league. And, and like I, I pray. I like I. In a way, I'd rather lose to the better teams than the way that we lost last year because we lost so many bad games last year. Mm-hmm. And my thing is with uh, Kloppo, his full throttle football, tied demands the way he wants to play. And again, same thing with Tottenham. Liverpool doesn't have the depth. Okay, yeah. And here's my problem with Liverpool. I, I agree. The difference at this very moment between Tottenham finishing top four and Liverpool finishing top four, Liverpool already has injury concerns. Mm-hmm. is out a few months. Sturridge scored a beautiful goal in uh, the preseason, hurt himself. Well, he always hurts himself. They're, they already have injury problems, which I think is going to come back and hurt them. And also, they didn't have, like Chelsea, they didn't have Champions League football. That's another difference between them and Tottenham, in my opinion, at the moment. Tottenham ha- didn't have depth, but had Champions League football and had the experience. Liverpool, same thing, they don't have the depth has a couple injuries, and did not play any Champions League football last year. Liverpool still has to qualify. And again, I think Liverpool, again, when they are at their best, Liverpool is unbeatable. Mm-hmm. They could beat any team in the league. If they find that consistency, I really think they could contend for the title. 
they really can't. Uh, Mohamed Salah was a great signing for them, and they managed to hold on to Felipe Coutinho. Yeah, yeah, like uh, what was the team? Uh, Barca. Barca wanted Barcelona him. wanted him so badly, and finally they have stopped trying to bid for him. So that's like huge. This, like the past few months, they've been wanting him, and I was oh kind of surprised that I wouldn't say the exact money that like Neymar got transferred for, but if they were gonna throw any sort of money like that towards Liverpool. To get him, they they were offering like hundreds of millions, mm-hmm. and but again, Liverpool is able to hold off their resolve, which is good for them. I mean, yeah, Liverpool. It's not like they they're desperate for money. Yeah, so it's, yeah. I, keeping him was huge. I think that'll be a difference. But again, he's had injury concerns in the past, and if Liverpool wants to push for the title and a top four finish. He needs to be healthy. Um, so before we wrap this up, quick note: a team that's not in the top six, but I do think could be some problems this year is Everton. They lost mm. Lukaku, but they've literally revamped that entire team. Yeah. Signed Sandro Ramirez from Barcelona. Got Jordan Pickford, was from Sunderland, but is one of the top goalies from England. Yannick Bellassi from Crystal Palace. And they brought Wayne Rooney back home to his boyhood club. They have completely revamped that team. The, and they're talented. The, the, honestly, the only thing I would question about those signings would be Wayne Rooney just because of his age. And Correct. He doesn't perform like he used to. Correct. But he still performs. It he is he is not the worst one of the worst forwards in the league or midfield midfielder. Yeah, he flips he flips back and yeah. forth. Um so my, I really question if Everton, I don't still don't think they're talented enough to push for the top four, but they will be a force. They um, they they can get in the top six. Yes. They can definitely push into the top six. Um I have them seventh. So here's my predictions going into the season. You heard it here first on the wide open sports cast. Uh feel free Tweet on us, wide open underscore sports, or you could hit me up on my Twitter, Total Feds Move, if you want to boo me and say that I have no idea what I'm talking about, which I'm sure a lot of you will. Um, I have Manchester City wins the title. They looked phenomenal in the preseason. They're absolutely stacked. I think Pep's going to get it right in his second season. I do have Spurs coming in second again. Um, But again, that depends on their consistency. Staying healthy. Uh, I have Chelsea coming in at third and fourth and fifth toss-up. Manchester United and Liverpool. I can't decide. I think it's going to be very, very close. Okay. I want to give it to Liverpool. I would like to see Liverpool do it. I'm not particularly the biggest Manchester United fan, but I guarantee you Arsenal will finish in sixth this year. I like it, man. That was good. That was a... I was I was I was expecting a lot out of that preview from you and you 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 stood up to the test of time you performed good job man and then lastly before I move on relegation Watford Brighton Huddersfield and I think a top scorer this year Gabriel Jesus from Manchester City will get the most goals followed by Harry and then Lukaku in third All right that was the Premier League preview exclusive heads at Wide Open Sports now let's move back to some American sports here. Let's move into some baseball where we have this brand new thing from the MLB. It, in a few weeks from now, we have Players Weekend. Now, Fed, what exactly is Players Weekend? Players Weekend is basically going to be celebrating, like it says, the Flyers. Yep. Players are going to be able to put nicknames on the back of their jerseys. Some of the teams will be getting new uniforms. MLB will even be putting a new logo on the uniforms themselves. Yeah, the new logo looks pretty sick. What it is, it's uh, kind of like the uh, 
Low League World Series logo that starts off with like a kid. That's like the evolution of a baseball player that goes into the 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 current MLB logo, but it's like reversed. It looks really cool. Yeah. I, I, I really like it. I was a fan. Uh, speaking of things we liked, we picked out some of our favorite nicknames. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily favorite. I would say ones that I would like to talk about, but maybe some of your favorites. But why don't you start out with this list? So we got this was a good one in my opinion. David Price, Boston Red Sox pitcher, has Astro's dad on the back of his jersey. Now, who is Astro? Lame. His dog. That that's not that is not one of my favorites. That's that's a, it's a kind of a good nickname, but that is not one of my favorites. What uh, you got? My my one of my ones that I do like is AJ Griffin. His nickname is Sweet Lettuce. He does have some sweet lettuce. He does, and uh, can't go wrong with that nickname. Yeah, it's a pretty funny nickname. What you got next? Uh, Zach Davies with Bat Boy. That's a good one for the fact that he's trying to show that hey, I was a Bat Boy. Now look at me. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that was actually that's actually a really good one. This next one's really funny. Why don't you hit this one, Rick? Wellington Castillo. His nickname is Beef. Beef Wellington. Beef Wellington. That, that's a solid one. Um, this next one has been around for a while, obviously growing up in the New York sports market. Uh, Robinson Cano is putting uh, Don't You Know on the back of his jersey. Robbie Cano, Don't You Know. That's been around for a while. Yeah, no, that, that's a good one. I mean, that, that makes sense, and that's been with him for years. So Correct. Uh, this is my personal favorite. Kyle Seeger, he's putting on the back of his jersey – Corey's brother. A lot of people said that that's their favorite. That is so good. Like, I mean, I love that he's kind of in the shadow right now of Kyle Seeger. Or, I mean, of Corey Seeger. Uh, that, that's hysterical. That's so, that's great. So good. And that's, I can't even, I, I don't even know exactly what to say, but it's just perfect. Mm-hmm. It is exactly perfect. Um, Aaron Alther of the Phillies has gone with the classic A-A-Ron. He is not Aaron Rodgers. He shouldn't have that one, in my opinion. Uh, Aaron Judge, of course, is going with All Rise. Classic. I I really like it. Um, I, I mean, and the fact that the Yankees in his rookie year has made his own section in their stands. That is pretty cool. And they just they're just going along with this but uh what you got next carl's edwards jr is putting carl's juniors that's funny that is a pretty good one on the back of his after the uh restaurant uh what you got next andrew triggs trigonometry classic i like it i get it i get it uh chris sale is going with his body structure and putting stick man on the back of his uniform for his lanky structure and then finally, from my Mets, Noah Syndergaard is, of course, putting Thor on the back of his jersey. Very, very fitting. That's actually, so that's not my favorite Thor jersey or Noah Syndergaard jersey of all time. My favorite one was at, after their World Series run in 2015. Noah Syndergaard was the, in, in the World Series was the only pitcher to win for the Mets. Mm-hmm. The first thing they did uh, was throw at one, one of the batters of the Kansas City Royals and he made a comment after the game he made a comment of well if you if you don't like it you can meet me uh, 60 feet 6 inches and later that year someone had a jersey 
That's with his s- number. Says 60 feet, 6 inches. Yep. That's hysterical. Uh, we'll be getting into a little bit on Syndergaard later. Um, looking at the uniforms, what are you thinking about some of your favorites and some of the other ones? I'm definitely saying it's pretty weird to see a jersey that belongs to the Yankees without pinstripes on it. Yeah. Um, that one. Okay. So I, I kind of want to do this. What are your top five? I, I sent I sent you a okay. picture. What are your top five that you like, and what what are your top five that you don't like? Uh, uh, you so, want to hit it first? Yeah, sure. So I'll go with my the top five that I do not like. First okay. off, as a Mets fan, I don't like the jersey. I, the hat that's with it. If that becomes a snapback, I'd like that because it has uh, it's bright orange with a light blue lettering. I do like that. I would get that in a snapback, not in a uh, not in the standard baseball cap. So I don't like the Mets jersey. Where's Mr. Met? I don't like the Marlins jersey. Uh, it just looks awkward in color. The Astros jersey is not the best either. And then the Rays and the Texans jersey. They look very similar with the same color blue. Just the, the yellow and the red on the sleeves. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't like those. So there's kind of a common theme with mine. A lot of the ones that have blue in it. I don't know. I just didn't like this year. Who 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 would you say right now looking at this who you don't like? Who I don't like? Definitely got to go with the Giants. I'm not a fan of the gray and the orange. Okay. Um, I don't really know what they're doing with that. Uh, I'd also have to go with the Reds. You the, don't like that. I don't know why. Yeah, it's just, it's, See, it's that not, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's I don't know why. It's just it's not Rub with me. I don't know if it's a lettering or something. Okay. Um. What else you got? The Tigers. Not a fan of the orange. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, the, that's the, okay. The, the, the orange hat. Not really a fan of. The Mariners. I don't like the Carolina blue See, uh, look. I, yeah, I don't. I don't like the Mariners either. But I would totally get a jersey with Corey's brother. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then I'll, I'd also add the Astros to that list. Okay. Um, what are your favorites? Okay, so first off, like I said, the Reds. That I mean, in my opinion, that's my favorite one. Close behind that is the White Sox jersey. That looks sick. The the black and black and red yeah. with the white logo. Yeah, that is cool. That is very nice. Uh, I like the bright colors of the Athletics. The the green with the yellow. I that's on my list. I'm a big fan of those. Uh, I like the Braves, and finally, as a Mets fan, this kind of hurts. I like the Phillies jersey. I do like the Liberty Bell. I, I and and the hat is re- really nice too. I like the Phillies jersey. Uh, I like how that's one of the only ones besides them and the Cardinals that just have like their logo on it. It's not full out writing of the name. I, I just like the P on on the uh, over the heart. I like that. It's very nice. I'm a fan too. Who do you got for your top five? Um, along with you, I'd say the Braves and the Athletics. Okay. So my three different ones. I like the Rockies. I like the gray. The gray, like the, the purple. The yeah, yeah, that does look like. That's, I do. I do like. I do like the Rockies hat. That's nice. I I, I like it. I'm obviously not trying to be biased, but I do like Boston's. They, uh, no, they, they do have a good one. Navy with the red and the red hat. I don't like the color, like the Carolina color of the B. 
for Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, would like to see that in our traditional Navy. And a really, really solid one. I got to go with the Cardinals one. Cardinals one is also very solid. That's that's very similar to the Braves one, just slightly different in the blue and the red. An honorable mention would be the Pirates. I like the Pirates hat. I mean, their their jersey is like is okay to me. I feel like it's a jersey they've already worn. What's you're you're, like... you're a big you're a big hat guy. What's your favorite hat? Oh, jeez. Oh, I was in Lids today in the mall. Uh, I'd say the Diamondbacks. I like the Braves, which is the tomahawk. I do like I like that one. The Pirates one is cool. I think I just asked a bad question because I actually really like most of these. Uh, what would you say your least the, favorite? The Orioles with the full burn on it is awesome. Yeah, I like that. That one's really cool. And I do like how the Minnesota Twins put the T and they put the Minnesota on it. Yeah. Tribute to the state. Mm-hmm. Um, probably my least favorite would have to go for this sole reason, the Nationals. For the fact that their uniforms are red and black and they put red and blue. Yeah, it kind of clashes. It, it, it doesn't go right. And the Indians, I feel like they could have done a lot more with that hat. Yeah, the red with just yeah the that, that is very basic. They just I had know, the C on there. I know there's the whole controversy about using Chief Wahoo and, yeah, you know, but I feel like they could have done more with that. No, I agree. Uh, my, my well, and last thing, the Dodgers. The I, D. I, I, don't like, like, I don't like the D. See, I like that. I like the light blue with the D on that. I like that. Uh, my least favorite is probably the Tampa Bay Rays. It's, it's, it's good colors, but it's kind of just like a star on it. Yeah, it and makes. It's. I mean, it makes sense because the stars involved in the Rays logo, but I don't know. I just took the devil out of the Rays. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, I was, like I said, I was a big fan of the Rockies one, the Reds one. Uh, I am a of the Braves one. The Dodgers one is really nice. The Royals one's pretty cool, too. dude. I, I don't know. Most of these hats. I mean, the Kansas City Royals. I mean, that's also kind of lazy, though. Is that kind of that just they just changed the one color? It looks like their exact logo. I like the crown on it though. Yeah, that's true. I'll give that to you. I like the te- the Texas Rangers one with the uh, with the T and Texas behind the T. Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, but uh, now what's the main reason why they're doing this? Money. I was looking Cash. it up. I was looking it up today. Uh, on Fanatics, they're they're selling uh, like kind of like what you're wearing right now, like a a t-shirt jersey. They're selling it for thirty five dollars, a nameless jersey, for one of these ones because they look completely different than their normal ones. Right, hundred and fifty dollars. With a name on the back, two hundred dollars. This is all just bringing in money and people are going to buy it. Yeah, hundred percent. I would I, at this point, I think I'd rather buy the hats than. 100%, the jersey, hundred percent. Like we, our conversation is pretty much we like the hats. Yeah, the hat. I th- most of the hats, I I think are solid. Like I, I honestly probably one I would wear a lot would probably be the White Sox one. I like I like I like the White Sox overall jersey. Like between the hat and the jersey, the White Sox one is my favorite. You know, because it, it's like that. their old classic looking ones. But uh, but yeah. Besides that. Definitely looking to bring in some Kaish. Yeah, let's uh let's move on to our final one of our final segments. Alright, so let's move into some of our questionable calls for the week. We got three of them this week, you're right. Questionable calls are three mo- well, 
we have three this week, but sometimes we'll have one, sometimes we'll have two, sometimes we'll have however many we think of. But it depends much, on the length and what we're going to be talking about. And pretty much what it is is just questions that that, that we think of that are pretty thought-provoking and cause a lot, lot of uh, conversation between the two of us. Philosifying. So uh, this one is yours, so why don't you start off with this one first? All right, so we haven't really talked about the NBA this week, so let's get into it. Does Kyrie Irving, who without a trade clause, have a right to demand where he's traded to? This is a question I've been meaning to ask for a few weeks and we haven't gotten to. Well, we, we kind of got got into this in our first episode when our – is it our first or second? We did talk about the Kyrie Irving situation. Correct. Uh, and – I think my opinion pretty much sta- stands as like uh, he doesn't get to choose where he goes. Uh, that's that should just be flat out. He doesn't get to choose where he goes. Right, because he again he doesn't have a no trade clause. He is demanding a trade. And Cleveland, if if they do trade him, will want the best deal for him wherever he goes. And the teams that he wants to go to, do you really think that the Cavs are going to go if he wants to go to San Antonio? Going to be a guard? Give me Kawhi. The Knicks, gimme Mello. See, well, I still think that spe- that's a likely of that, trade. Apparently, the uh, Houston Rockets and the Knicks are st- are restarting talks about a Mello trade. Because Mello wants to play with CP3. Yeah. That's always been a dream for them. Just like how it was the dream that LeBron, Wade, and Bosh would play together. Mello, CP3, and Dwight Howard always have wanted to play together. So now, where's... Is Kyrie Irving going anywhere? Probably not. Does he have a right to demand where he's traded? Now, if you look at what he's done, uh, he's won a championship with Cleveland. He has been a leader on the team uh, behind LeBron, but LeBron is a diva and gets what he wants pretty much, and he runs the team. Correct. Pretty much. The only decision that he doesn't get is who they get when they trade for LeBron James. Does he have a right? Like, the right to to demand. He may may have a moral right. Like, I mean, for all he's done for Cleveland, I don't think Cleveland necessarily wants to screw him over. Like, they don't want to send him to the worst team in the league and say, here, run this team or be the leader. The Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, they're not going to send him to the Nets. Well, the Nets don't have anything to give up. Yeah, but maybe D'Angelo Russell, but they just got him, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah, they're they're not trading that. Uh, so morally, sure, I can see that, but business wise, no. Will he end up where he wants to go, or do you think he's going to end up? Do you think that he'll get a team on his wish list? Like honestly, I don't think he's going to be traded. I I just don't see who is going to want. Well, not necessarily want Kyrie Irving. A lot of people probably do want Kyrie Irving. I don't see Cleveland getting what they want out of the trade. Uh, so, and if anything, Cleveland would want to trade him to a bad team for potential draft picks so they can potentially draft the next Steph Curry or who else is coming out of, out of the NCAA. It, it's going to be tough. This was a very, very talented draft class. Yeah. Very, very talented. And they're not going to have... Uh, the next couple draft classes don't seem like they're going to be as talented as this I, I past really one. don't see it. it it's, it's hard to judge, though, because the NCAA basketball is so one and done now. Yeah. You really you rarely see the player that stays all four years. That is so true. it's tough to see. Yeah, so, I mean, I just, I don't see him being traded. 
Uh, I mean, the team is not going to be in good shape, considering there's going to be a lot of... Because that was my extension, is if he doesn't get traded, how does that not only affect him, but affect Believe Land? I, I think they have to, I in a way, grow up and just deal with it. Because in reality, if they do play at their the top level, they're still, in, in my opinion, the only team that can compete with and and get to the finals with the Golden State Warriors again, which sucks for the NBA, in my opinion. I mean, the the biggest names are on those teams, and most a lot not I wouldn't say most a lot of people want those teams to face off for a fourth time. I don't. So in a way, I'm kind of happy that there's this like drama happening in, happening in Believe When, but he's not getting traded. Luck of the Irish, watch for it this year. There. See, I want to believe that they're going to be in the finals. I, I just I can't see them getting past Cleveland. Uh, I mean, they're the only two teams in the East. Yeah, the the West is so so. Uh, like the West has like thirteen superstars, or at least a superstar on like thirteen different. Let teams. me put it this way: the East versus West All Star Game this year is going to be very, very, very one sided. It's just going to be the West versus LeBron James. Kyrie, maybe Isaiah Thomas and Gordon Hayward, but the look at the, the West is not Kevin even Love may even get into the and that's saying game. something. So, but uh, that's my opinion. Do you have any opinions on that? Since you're asking it, no, nah, pretty much hit it. So uh, let's jump into the second question I got for you as a hockey guy. Uh, thought of this this morning. Will the Vegas Golden Knights fall victim? To away fans traveling to their arena to see their team play in Vegas, and because of that, will they lose a home ice advantage feel in T-Mobile Arena? Um, it's a very good question. Because uh, we've already talked about the idea of going to see the Devils in Vegas. We have friends who are Flyers fans who have said, "Let's go to Vegas and see the Flyers." Like, how do you know that's not going to happen with every single team? And it's going to take. Golden Knights fans out of the arena. Now, I will say this. For their first year, um, I mean, they've also they've sold a lot of tickets already uh, and season tickets as well. So they have done very good for that. Um, now, at the same time, I can see season ticket holders selling tickets to whatever fan that wants to buy them at that time. Uh, I think there is a pretty strong possibility of not they not getting the home ice advantage feel. Uh, I think that is very possible, but the thing is, Vegas having a team is so profitable. It, no one's really gonna. No one's gonna get in the way of it. So I don't see that team losing money Mm-mm. for it, uh, at least for a long time. Uh, so I can see them not having home ice advantage. I, I would say, three out of the four games they will have home ice advantage. The fourth game they won't so that's they have 162 games a year uh that is 25 about 40 games mm-hmm. so, did i do the math right so if it's 82 you got 41 home 41 away is it do they have 82 games i thought it was like 100 and something for the nhl oh wait no i'm thinking i'm thinking of baseball holy shit uh yeah so Good about morning rick yeah right <laughs> Yeah, so probably about, I'd say, around 30 of their games, they're not going to have a home ice advantage feel. Uh, And that also could come of whoever their potential rival is going to be. 
So now here's the extension of this question to you. This is the obviously the first Vegas experiment mm-hmm. for the professional sports team. Is it going to work? Yes. It's, I, I've, I've, never, I've never doubted once that Vegas cannot have a professional team. Because they're gonna, they're gonna, they're becoming a professional team town. Because they're gonna have the Vegas Golden Knights getting the Raiders. They're getting the Raiders. Uh, I don't think they'd be getting a basketball team because right now the next next state or place that would be getting a basketball team would probably be Seattle. Yeah, bring Play. back the Sonics, which they should. Uh, so I, I don't see why it can't be a sports town. Uh, I mean, they do have a huge community there in Vegas in the middle of the desert. Like, they have a ton of people living there. Like, remember how successful, even though the league wasn't, the Las Vegas Outlaws were in the XFL? Yeah, they were one of the more successful teams. Um, I, I, I know the Mets uh, have one of their uh, minor league teams there, and they get they get pretty good big uh, turnouts to their games there. So, they can be a good professional sports town uh, i mean it's brand new it has to be the waters have to be tested because i mean so many of these places have been set in stone for years i mean moving when when the rams moved from or not the rams the raiders moved from oakland to la back to oakland uh it's that's not a huge change no. so that because still, 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 still even per, in the same state same state and a few hours driving difference for california now Vegas is brand new; it has to be tested. But I don't think it's—I don't think it's going to be that big of a test that people are making it seem to be. When I know a bunch of our friends were saying Vegas does not deserve a professional team, better yet, a hockey team. I say, why not? Yeah, like you said, you got to test the waters eventually. Yeah. What better way to do it? Yeah. And they got they got a beautiful setup there too. The T-Mobile Arena is awesome. Uh, they they have USC fights all the time there, and it looks like they always have a packed crowd there, especially for fights. Oh well, that's the thing. They have professional fights, and they sell out for boxing and MMA. Unless the last time I checked, there's still seats available for Mayweather McGregor, even though it's not not a T-Mobile Arena. Just speaking about fights in Vegas. Yeah, I mean they eventually sell out. I mean this one could sell out. I don't know. I think this is going to be more of like a pay-per-view thing, that at least. But, I mean, they're going to – is every game going to be a sellout? No. I don't see that. I think I think the first few I, weeks that's will a, that's be. That's an unreasonable expectation. Yeah, especially for a brand-new team that, in my opinion, is, uh, does, is not going to be going to the Stanley Cup Finals. No, even with, with the, the With the players playoffs. that they got. I mean, they have a good goalie and they have a few other good players, Neil and all them, but they're not going to be going to the Stanley Cup playoffs it would be amazing that would be nuts i I, like i i think the jets have a better probability of getting into the playoffs than than the vegas golden knights in my opinion and once again that's saying a lot yeah but uh uh, do you have anything on this question no why don't you hit me with yours so uh being a steelers fan uh this is a question that has been brought up for the past couple of years is it time for the steelers to start preparing for life without big ben yes and why is that? Because that is such a successful team. You have a lot of talent and talented players that will be returning again. 
So when Big Ben leaves, why not start grooming the future? I'm not saying bench Big Ben. But if he's – we talked about this on our first or second episode again. He's already thinking about retirement. And you don't get that out of your mind. When you have that mindset, I will retire after mm-hmm. this year, that stays with you. Now, do I think uh, – who are the Steelers' backups? Uh, Josh Dobbs. Who? <laughs> Josh Dobbs is the uh, – he was Tennessee's QB. Okay. Last so year. See, that, so that's... He, he's, he's going to – and I believe he's starting, he's starting the uh, first preseason game. So that's a good move because they do need to be prepared. I think it'd be foolish to not start at least – Preparing again, it's not saying bench big Ben, forget about it, like he's already thinking about retirement. But have a plan ready. Look at the Packers. How long did Aaron Rodgers have to wait for his turn under Favre because the Packers knew it was going to come? And then look at where Aaron Rodgers is now. Well, yeah, the problem, like, I mean, in a way, the, the Packers did it right and they'd had Aaron Rodgers molded underneath Brett Favre for so many years. Uh, in a way, where who knows where the this, Pats have. Garoppolo underneath Brady and where he's going to go in the next couple of years, being molded, either he's going to stay with the Pats until Brady's gone or he's going to be traded. This is a brand new QB. Who has um, one year? No, he doesn't even have one year. This is his first year. Well, I meant like if, if Big Ben retires next year, he'll have one year to study under Big Ben. One year to study under Big Ben, which means either you're going to start him next year or the year after that, or they're going to draft a new QB, kind of like how the Bears did this year. And the last team I can remember to do that kind of the understudy for a year was Kevin Cobb under Donovan McNabb with the Eagles. And Kevin Cobb was not only he got injured, but he was eventually overtaken by Mike Vick, and he only started week one. Yeah, well, he got injured. And then who uh, who would have ever predicted the reemergence of Vick the way it happened? Yeah, very true. But, yeah, I would say it's time to start getting ready. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing as a Steelers fan that what I'm kind of, kind of fearing right now is, like, like you said, he's, he's talked about retirement in the past. Uh, and for, for being a Steelers fan, I mean, I obviously wasn't around in, like, the 70s and 80s when they won their first four Super Bowls. But it took them from that time to when Big Ben came in to replace Tommy Maddox that they won their next Super Bowl. So I'm fearing that there could be a big drop in the Steelers' performance if they don't find someone soon to replace Big Ben. Because, obviously, you need a quarterback. You have the most talented team. You got the, the, the Steelers are very talented wide receivers, and Le'Veon needs someone who's got to give him the ball. Yeah, and Le'Veon could leave in the next couple of years because he's not getting the money that... He wants with the Steelers. Do you believe the Steelers' time to win a Super Bowl at this very moment in this window is running out? Yes, uh, I do because I can definitely see the big names on the team either retiring or being signed somewhere else. I can see like Antonio Brown staying because he, he loves the Steelers. Le'Veon Bell, I could definitely see leaving, especially after this whole fiasco of him not showing up for – preseason contracts and his contract i could definitely see him like he could be leveraged by say the indianapolis colts which don't they have a lot of money that could sign 
a running back like Le'Veon Bell to help Andrew Luck. I can see that happening. Okay. Uh, so, I think uh, there's some good uh, questionable calls this week. Yeah, so. Questionable calls are brought to you by our brains. Yeah. We don't have a sponsor yet. Someone sponsor us. <laughs> but um, So, you think that the Steelers are in their final drive towards the Super Bowl. Why don't we get into our final drive for today's episode? All right, the final drive. The final drive is the last few things we wanted to cover before we end the podcast. It's basically we jump on a few things, say very minimal about it, then move on to the next topic. So without further ado, let me start it off. Patriots become the first team to with a private jet. Those cocky mother lovers. I thought they already owned the Jets. Whoa, unoriginal joke. <laughs> next. Uh, next, we've got the Rally Cat. Cat runs onto the field during the Royals-Cardinals game last night, which delays the game. And if you actually saw the guy, the ball boy who picked up the cat, had to get medical attention because he got bit a few times. Really? Carrying the kitten off. I wonder if the cat had rabies. But immediately after the delay and taking the cat off of the field, Yadier Molina hits a game-winning grand slam. The pitch after. So now the whole joke is it's Rally Cat time. Instead of Rally Hats, Rally Cats. Yeah, we uh, as a Mets fan, we had the rally bird a few years ago with uh, Cespedes wearing the same color, like yellow sleeve as the bird was. So it's probably similar to that. Uh, next, Floyd Mayweather s IRS to for delay in payments of 2015 taxes. But he has his Pacquiao Mayweather check untouched, and he is a freaking idiot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how else that like. How stupid that sounds. He but, can't even read. But go on, next. Uh, Mexican soccer legend Rafa Marquez was sanctioned by the U.S. along with 22 other men for drug trafficking. Looks like somebody's post-career life has gone down in shambles. There was actually, I wonder, I wonder who it was, but there was also a NASCAR driver that was like bringing in illegal tobacco from Canada at one point <laughs> while he was a NASCAR driver. You gotta make the money. You gotta make the money. All right. uh, this next one I know you're gonna like a lot. Yeah, Noah Syndergaard Thor cameoed in last week's highly rated episode of Game of Thrones. I didn't even notice he was in it until he had I looked the helmet on, on until I looked on the internet later and he he killed him. <laughs> Took out a Dothraki man on a horse man and he was a lannister too come on noah yeah what's next um yanmir yager is still not signed by an nhl team and may play elsewhere because he's 45 correct me if i'm wrong 45 46 he's old he's slow he could probably still score but he is i'm thinking most likely going to be playing in europe next year khl no that's not europe that's russia i think he's playing in europe next year wow Next. And I'm a history teacher. <laughs> James Harden named EA Sports NBA Live 2018 cover athletes. Man, remember when NBA Live used to dominate the basketball scene until 2K showed up? And there's going to be two, ga- two games again. That's, yeah, that's going to be very interesting. And speaking of two games, Big Baller Brand will not be featured in NBA 2K18. So Lonzo Ball is just going to be wearing blank sneakers in the game, it probably looks like. That's bold. Yeah, I mean, what else are they going to do about this? Speaking of things that are white. Yes, the OJ Bronco to be sold on Pawn Stars by his former agents. This just keeps getting the plot thickens more and more and more. I wonder what expert's going to be brought in for the Bronco. Yeah, that... <laughs> I'll give you five bucks. Yeah, 
I will give you 20. <laughs> um, Chevy will be fielding uh, the Camaro in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series to replace the Chevy uh, SS in 2018. Looks like a cool new car. Yeah, it looks really cool. The Chevy SS was not really selling for Chevy, and it was pretty much a car that they made strictly for NASCAR, like for their production model. And they're discontinuing that that uh, that car, to, and now they're bringing in the Camaro, which was already in NASCAR. It was in the lower division, but now that they're going to have it in the top division. And then finally, Mike Fisher, after 17 seasons with the Senators and the Nashville Predators, has called it time. He is going to retire before this season. That's a shame. I would have liked him to see a cup. I would have loved to see him win a cup as well. Um, is I, he in the Nashville Raptors? Ooh. Ooh. Yes, just because, I mean, he, he was a great leader for them, and I'm pretty sure Nashville really doesn't have anyone in the Raptors right no. now. So I could definitely see him being in the Raptors. It's just kind of like an honorable mention Raptor, not, not winning a cup, but he was great for Nashville. Uh, he's not going to be in the rafters of the Senators, well, the Senators, but I could definitely see him being in the rafters for the Nashville Predators. When with that, that's the final drive. That is the final drive, and this is the end of the wide open sports cast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is episode four, hopefully, coming out with episode five a week from today or around that time. Pray for us on our iTunes and Apple application, and don't forget, you can follow us on wide open underscore sports on Twitter, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Total Feds Move. You can follow me at Rick 2.0, that is Rick 2 P O I N T 0. And follow us on SoundCloud, retweet us, show us to your friends. We did get a few more people to listen to our podcast this week, so I'd like to thank you guys. And I hope you guys continue listening to us. Growing an empire, growing an empire here. And with that, I am Rick, I am Feds. Please like, subscribe, and thank you for listening. Come on, you Spurs. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.